the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you ready for the word? Praise him. This is Pastor Pearson of Word of Faith Christian Center here in sunny San Antonio, Texas. A Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church where Jesus Christ is Lord and you'll never be bored. I want to welcome all of you back to our radio broadcast and I pray it's being a blessing to you and yours. So sit back and relax as I bring a message from the Word of God just for you. But please, please, please have an ear to hear what the Lord is about to say. Because if you do, I guarantee you that you'll be blessed today. So without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. Since this weekend is a Resurrection Day weekend, we've been ministering messages all week about Jesus Christ and what he did for me and you through his death, his burial, and his resurrection too. We'll resume the messages on Rightfully Ours next week. But this week, I want to get you in the mindset of the awesome things that the Lord did for me and you on Good Friday and on Resurrection Day too. So come on, let's hear a message about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What he did for you and me when he went to Calvary Street to pay sin's debt in full for you and me. And then got up on Resurrection Day to set us totally free and offer a new life to you and me. So without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the word? Because ready or not, here it comes. Now the way that God brought up to pass the reconciliation of the world to himself was through the atoning death of Jesus. Through the atoning death of Jesus. Turn to Romans chapter 5, please. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It was through the atoning death of Jesus. Where Jesus did a death that atoned for me and you. Pay sins dead in full for me and you. Handle everything that had to do with the sin issue. So that we could be back in one minute with God. Romans chapter 5. Begin reading in verse 6. It says, for when we were yet without strength. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. That's who we were. We were the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure, for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, rank, low down, dirty, nasty sinners, Christ died for us. Much more. Then being now justified by his blood, just, justified means declared righteous. Justified means declared righteous. Or another way of phrasing, he's declaring us to be a, in a state of existence that is just as if I'd never made a mistake in my life. Just as if I'd never made a mistake in our lives. Much more than by being now justified by his blood. By his what? So that blood had to be shed for us to be justified. We shall be saved from the wrath through him. Look at what comes as a result of it. We're saved from the wrath through him. I teach this with regularity, especially during resurrection day. Praise God times. Uh, I like to get people to learn to quit speaking in fragments and begin to start speaking in whole sentences. Praise God. And that's one of the problems is people speak in fragments. They don't speak in whole sentences. They'll walk around and say stuff like, I'm saved. Somebody say fragment because you haven't put the object of the sentence in. You haven't stuck everything else in it that brings the clarity to the sentence. Save from what? Praise God. 
I got saved from people rolling their eyes at me. No, see, that's not enough. You don't need to be saved from that. I got saved from people not liking me. So that, that's, that's, that's whatever, whatever. That's not a big deal. That's not much of a salvation. I'm not impressed with your salvation, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's like nowadays folk is doing this stay-at-home thing all across America, praise God. And then I'm hearing about it. And I'm not, I, I don't know nothing about it because I don't do none of this, but I'm hearing about it. I'm hearing about so-called stars. Well, I don't think it's stars personally, praise God. Hallelujah. I only know one star. His name is Jesus. Praise God. But all these so-called stars is not. They're lamenting. First week that they had to do it, they was lamenting about, oh, I've been going through so much in this week. Why? Because there's nobody around to be able to tell them how great they are. Praise God. You know, I had to, I, I couldn't do my makeup. I couldn't do my own hair. I couldn't do my hair. I couldn't do my nails. Now, they think that they're about to die because they can't do, they have somebody else do their nails, somebody else do their toes. Somebody else get them a massage. Somebody else won't do their hair. Somebody, they got to do their own nails. Oh, oh, there's nobody around to do my, do my nails. How am I going to live through this? Basketball players, praise God, so-called stars in the basketball court. There are no stars in the basketball court, praise God. It's only one star. His name is Jesus. There's a few people that can make, make a few baskets, but there ain't no stars. How are you listening to me up in here? You're, you're overinflating your worth. Praise God. Just because they stupid enough to pay you that don't mean you no stop. Is anybody? And I said stupid enough to pay you that because anytime you pay somebody to throw a ball in a hole for millions and you pay teachers of people and, and, and doctors and lawyers and doc, doctors and nurses, praise God, you pay them a the little bit that you pay them and then you turn around you're going to, they stars, please, get real. Go find you a court outside to go play in. Praise God. Hallelujah. You, you're a privileged individual paid by ignorant people spending, spending that much money. Hallelujah. Anyway, that's another teaching. I ain't got time to get into all that right now. Praise God. All these so-called little millionaires walk around, got to stay at home for a minute rather than travel on somebody else's money. Praise God. And stay in other places and somebody. Now they got to stay in their millionaire homes now. Praise God. They're forced to stay in their millionaire homes and stuff like that. And they're all upset because I don't have nobody cheering me on and stuff like that. I don't have nobody. Whatever. Whatever. Praise God. Anyway, they talking about they, 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 they. you got to finish the sentence. That's why I, I got off on all that. You got to finish the sentence. Don't just say you're saved. Say what you're saved from. I'm saved from the wrath of God. I'm saved from an eternal separation from the living God. I'm saved from being able to go into hell and experiencing torment and torture and then be emptied out into the presence of God and have to answer for why I didn't receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and then thrown into the lake of fire to burn forever and ever and ever. I'm saved from that. I think if some saved folk would finish the sentence, that might get them to start trying to act halfway decent in their life because they've been understanding, and they would, they would be grateful for what it is he's done for them, grateful that he sent little brown round preachers from out of town to be able to Break this thing down so that you can be able to understand what you should be glad that you're saved from. Is that about him? I ain't just saved. I'm saved from the wrath of God. I'm saved from being taken out like Sodom and Gomorrah. Going out bad and then it starts there because then I got to deal with an eternity of bad. Is anybody hearing me up in here? I'm saved. I'm saved. Praise God from, from all of that. That's what we saved from. But we got saved by the blood of Jesus. Somebody else died. So it wouldn't be you and I. The blood was shed until Jesus was dead, atoning for our sin for us. Once our sins were atoned for, then reconciliation with God was possible. Because reconciliation wasn't possible until sin was handled. 
As long as the problem that tore us up is still there, then we can't get back together again. That's one of the hardest things to try to get people to understand who are reconciling their relationships. They think that we need to just get back together. Mm-mm. You got to deal with the problem that tore y'all up in the first place. Because if you don't deal with that problem, that will always be between you and it will keep a bonding from occurring to the two of you like it's supposed to. And it's just a matter of time that you're going to be broke back up again. Because technically you never got back together. You just are in closer proximity to one another than you were before. But you're not back together. And is anybody hearing me over here? God wants us to be fused back together to be at, at one minute with him. Praise God. So that means everything that tore us up got to get away from it. And that sin and everything that sin caused has to be taken away in order for us to be able to get back together like we're supposed to. The blood of Jesus is what started that thing to be able to happen for us. Turn to Hebrews chapter 9, please. Are you getting anything from the word today? Thank God for resurrection day. Jesus Christ shed his blood for you and me so that we can be saved from the wrath of God. The Bible says it's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of an angry God. You know, one that put whole worlds together gets angry. And it says it's fearful to be in his hands. We get nervous when our parents was coming home. That ain't an angry God, is it? That's just somebody with an ironing cord, a belt, praise God. Hallelujah. A wooden stick, you know, a switch. We used to call it a switch. Branch, if he was bigger. Praise God. Hebrew or whatever else they could pick up and hit you with at the time. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 9. This was pre-CPS, of course. Amen. Verse 21 reads like this. Let's do 20 and come down. He says, saying, this is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and the vessels of the ministry. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without shedding of blood is no remissions of sin. That's why this blood was so necessary. Some people have problems with our gospel say it's too bloody. No, you want a bloody gospel. In fact, it has to be a specific blood, a necessary blood. And that, that's because the blood is necessary, but it got to be the right blood. It's got to be the blood of Jesus Christ. Blood of Buddha couldn't have done this one. But, uh, but, but blood of Allah couldn't have done this one. Blood of Muhammad couldn't have done this one. The blood of Hare Hare Krishna couldn't have done this one. The blood of some young moon couldn't have done this one. The blood of Falcon couldn't have done this one. Is anybody hear me up in here? Well, them other 511,000 gods y'all got every which way. Praise God. None of, them, none of them could have done this one. Only the blood of Jesus could pull this one off. Because only the blood of Jesus could remit our sins. That word remission right there means removal. It means removal. It was necessary for Jesus to shed his blood because his was the only blood that could remove sin. Remember, all the other blood of these bulls and goats covered sin, but it never removed it. Anybody here got an a animal, a dog or something like that? Praise God. Amen. Amen. Well, that imaginary person over there got a dog. Praise God. <laughs> and we'll use that imaginary person they dog. They got, I seen their dog. They got a big old dog. Praise God. And that big old dog, I went over there out. That big old dog leave big old piles over in the, over in the corner someplace. Praise God. Fortunately that they, they, they house treated it so it's outside. Praise God. But at the same time, it's still some big old stuff. 
Now, when they left that big old piles over there, praise God, that dog left that big old pile, they could cover it so that we couldn't see it no more. But it's still there. She says, so you can still smell it. And as the days progress, them hot San Antonio days come, it just lighted up. And then once in a while it rained just to, you know, freeze dry, you know, because it get freeze dried over time. And, but then it get relit back up with water, just add water, get relit back up again and stuff like that. And then before you know it, it's live again. And, it's, and, and, that, and then it piles up. And then the next year, they, they, that dog got, they have trained it to, to crap in the same area, though. And so they go back in the same area, and they drop another one, praise God, and then they cover it. And so then you got that one and the other one, and then they drop another one after a while. And then after a while, it's like, man, look, after a while, we're going to have to quit covering it, and we need to remove it. Jesus Christ came, and he shed his blood so we can remove all of our sins. So that the only thing will be left is the sweet smell, as though we never did a single thing. Just as if we never pooped in the corner a day in our life. And, all, and almost all these are by the law purged with blood. And without shedding of blood, is no remission of sin. There's no removal. That's why Jesus' blood had to be shed to remit our sins. It was necessary. Therefore, Jesus' death was absolutely necessary. Because the Bible teaches us that the life is in the blood. And since the life is in the blood, he can't give his life without giving his blood. And I'm talking about giving his blood like, you know, going to the blood bank and squeezing on the ball for a minute or two and just giving up a, you know, little stuff of, you know, a little peek of, of blood or something like that, you know, and then take it up and, and then they, you know, give you a little sticker, praise God, put you a little Band-Aid on, hallelujah, and give you a sucker, praise God, and then let you go, praise God, and then they sell your blood and make money for it and, 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 and you just get a sticker. Yeah, the sucker wasn't just what you was, leave it alone, Rodney, praise God, anyway. It's a business. Don't let nobody lie to you. It's a business. Praise God. Anyway, <laughs> sell your blood, give you a sucker. <laughs> they try and tell you something. Praise God. Hallelujah. Anyway, at least in Detroit, we used to sell our blood. Praise God. Amen. Amen. When you was a gambler or a junkie, you sold your blood. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. Or you was about to get put out for real. They, you, you sold your blood. Praise God. Amen. That's another teaching. Somebody say TMI. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> That's under the blood. That's under the blood. Praise God. <laughs> Point of the matter is, is that the blood of Jesus needed to be shed. See, the death of Jesus Christ is the crucial centermost part for the, prim for the primary focus, as well as the primary focus of the gospel of our salvation. Because if there's no shedding of the blood, we have nothing. If there's no blood shed, we got nothing. The purpose of Jesus' life was death. He came to live so that he can die. Jesus was born to die for the sins of mankind. Therefore, the purpose for Jesus' life was fulfilled in his atoning death. Which means if he had never died, he'd have never fulfilled what he was put on this earth to do. Jesus was born to die to atone for our sins. If he didn't die to atone for our sins, then his being born and living a sinner's life would have been in vain. Because he lived and, and he lived sinlessly born the way he was born, and lived sinlessly so that he could die for me and you. Jesus needed to die for our sins in order to have the opportunity to rise from the dead, too. Because one of the things that needed to happen is that he needed to rise from the dead, too. Therefore, there could be no resurrection without Jesus' death. Jesus' death would have been absolutely meaningless 
if there had been no resurrection. That's why the resurrection was necessary too. See, a lot of people only talk about the, the cross, the cross, the cross. But there's got to be a resurrection too. In fact, turn over to 1 Corinthians 15. It was a necessary part too. Oh, yes, it was. It was a necessary part too. See, through Jesus' life, it was through Jesus' life that proof of his eligibility to be the sinless sacrifice for mankind was established. It was through his death that the salvation occurred for those of us who believe. And it's through the resurrection that the accomplishment of the, of the reconciliation of man is proven and punctuated. I said it's through the resurrection that the accomplishment of the resurrection of man is proven and is punctuated. Death being defeated is seen, proven, and punctuated by the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why it's so important. Because it needs to be seen, proven, and punctuated through the resurrection of Jesus Christ that everything that Jesus was sent to do was accomplished. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, please. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your magnificent word. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, let's begin reading at verse 12. It says, now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? Hmm? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain? And our faith is also vain. Yea, we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ whom he raised not up, if so, be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, then your faith is vain, and ye are yet in your sins. Everybody said, woo-wee. So if Christ don't get back up, we're still in our sins. If Christ... It, it don't get back up, then all that stuff about how he shed, shed his blood for me, covered the blood, covered our sins and all that kind of stuff, that don't mean nothing because it ain't proved. I said it ain't proved. Then they also, which are fallen asleep in Christ, are perished. We walk around talking about they went home to be with the Lord. Yeah, they went home, they went home to be with the Lord. But they're going to find out that ain't home, though. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all, we are of all men most miserable. Which means that if Christ never got back up and our hope is in Christ, you got a problem. Because he ain't even help himself. He, he stayed dead. Now, in order to be able to help, un, help you understand this, I got to take you back to the Old Testament. You know, I know the, the one that a lot of folks be talking about, God, God don't want you paying no attention no more. Shut up, stupid. Praise God. If, why, did he why did he include it in the Bible then? Praise God. Hallelujah. Why didn't just say, hey, look, I'm through with that. We don't need that no more. Only use the new. No, he put it in the old so he can explain it to me and you. Because the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. It's all the same story. It's one continuous story that runs all the way through. So that you can be able to understand. He explains things in type and shadow so that we can understand them more clearly when they come to the New Testament. So when you come to the New Testament and then look back at the Old Testament under the light of the New Testament, you're like, oh, that's why that's like that. I understand it now. Because you can understand all that stuff that seemed like it was so so, so, drudge, so much drudgery and stuff. Oh, man, what are they talking about? 
Now that you know what Christ did, you can understand what they're talking about. Back in the Old Testament, praise God, when the priests would do what he do, they would offer the sacrifices, come in on, the, on that one day, the day of atonement, praise God, and the high priest would come back there and do what he do. I ain't got time to talk about what all the high priests did, praise God, but let's just say he went behind the veil, and then he was spread the, the blood over the various instruments like he was supposed to in order to be able to turn, including over the, 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 the seat that God was supposedly sit on. That would represent, he would change it from, the judgment seat to a mercy seat if, if the blood was accepted because that's the same seat that he's going to judge mankind on. It's the same one that he extends mercy to people who have done what it is that they're supposed to do to be acceptable to him. Thank God we've done what's necessary to be acceptable to him. So when we go before the throne, it's going to be a mercy seat for you and me, one that we can find grace to help in time of need. Other folk, they're going to run into judgment when they get there because that same seat is a judgment. He ain't got two seats. Go take this chair back, move it over to the side, and bring me my judgment seat. No, it's all the same one. It's, it's all no matter whether they got the blood on it or not. If it got the blood on it, it covers it. If it don't have the blood on it, it is. Is anybody hearing me up in here? So anyway, praise God. And so the priest, when he would go back here, this was all under a tent where nobody could see it. It was all inside where nobody could see it. That's what Jesus Christ did what he did in a place where nobody could see. But because remember, he not only went as our sacrifice, he went as the sacrificer. He was the one that was the high priest that was doing it for you and me. So when he went to the cross, he went to the cross predominantly as the sacrifice that was offered for you and me. But he also went there as our high priest. That's why he could be able to pronounce the blessing unto you and me as a result of what he did. Now, the people would be out here. Because all this was outside. That's where y'all come in. You're like, yeah. Amen. That's where the people were. So, so the high priest would get ready to go in there and handle his business and stuff like that. And then they would be cheering them on. They'd be, yeah. But then once they went behind the first veil, they didn't see him no more. They're like, okay, okay, what happened? I don't know. Now the priest saw him. Only the priest saw him. But from that point forward, once when they went behind into the holies of the holies, there was nobody there but God. Now the priests used to walk in with a rope tied around their ankle. Because if they messed it up, then they would have to pull them out because they would be dead. Because if the priest did not successfully offer the offering, he would die. I'll repeat that. If the priest did not successfully offer his offering, he would die. Jesus Christ offered our sacrifice. Put the blood where it was supposed to be. In a tabernacle not made by hands, but the one of God. But he needed to be seen by the people in order to know that he offered it correctly. Because if he had, if the last time they saw him, he was dead, then that means then that the sacrifice wasn't offered properly. So he had to come out into the first place where the priest could see it. That's why he presented himself to his disciples first. <laughs> and then he had to break out of the veil where everybody else could see it. That's when y'all would say. Because now that you see that I'm alive, then you know the sacrifice was good. Because until you see me alive, you have no confidence that the sacrifice is any good. Now you can have faith in the blood that was shed. You can have faith in what it is that was said. 
Because the fact that I live after I've offered the sacrifice means that the sacrifice was satisfactory before the living God. And that means that we live in a blessed life from this point forward. Praise God. Well, that's all that we have time for today. I hope that you are blessed with what the Word of God had to say. If you want to hear the message in its entirety, just contact the church office at area code 210-785-9238. That's area code 210-785-9238. But of course, it's always best when you can get it live. Word of Faith Christian Center is located at 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon, Thursday evenings at 645, Saturday afternoons at 430, and Sunday mornings at 8 and 11. If you don't have transportation and you're in need of a ride, we'll come and get you. We have a VIP transportation service that's available for every service. Just call to the church office and arrange a ride. We'll pick you up, bring you to the church, and then drop you off at home after it's over. We also invite you to join us at our Resurrection Day weekend celebration that we do here at Word of Faith. It actually started last night with the showing of the Passion of the Christ. It was good as always to get a visual reminder of the price that Jesus Christ paid for us when he went to the cross at Calvary as our substitute, paying sin's price in full for me and you. And our Resurrection Day weekend celebration continued this evening at our Good Friday service. You know, that's the day that Jesus Christ actually went to the cross for me and you to pay sin's debt in full for me and you. Our Resurrection Day weekend celebration culminates on Sunday at 9.30 a.m. with our Resurrection Day service. That's the day that he got up. So we get up and come to church to celebrate the new life and the victory that we receive through Jesus Christ. We would love to see all of you and your families there. We'll be both excited and honored to praise and worship the Lord with you and your families being there too. So come on through, and I guarantee that you'll be blessed. And remember, if you don't have transportation, we have a VIP transportation service that's available for every service, including these. Just call us at the church office and arrange a ride. We'll be glad to come and get you. Don't forget to tune in to our broadcast next week when we share more with you about Rightfully Ours. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, know that we're going to ask the same question of you. That is, are you ready for the word? Have a blessed and joyful Resurrection Day weekend. Remember, y'all, Jesus is alive. He's risen from the dead. Y'all stay blessed. See you next week. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 